What's up, rockers? Welcome to another episode of the Talk Louder podcast, where we geek out on all things rock and roll. Hit that subscribe button on our YouTube channel. Leave us your likes and comments. You can also leave likes and comments on our Facebook page. Follow us on iTunes, Spotify, Instagram at TalkLouder underscore podcast. And of course, our website, TalkLouderPodcast.com, where you'll find links to our merch and all of our previous episodes. I'm Metal Dave Glessner, along with my co-host, Jason McMaster. And today we're joined by a buddy of ours who we've been wanting to get on the show for quite some time. He is definitely a kindred spirit. His name is Tyler Heath. He is the front man for the band Leather Duchess. He is also the CEO of RevoltFinalRecords.com, his own record label that puts out amazing quality stuff. Uh, you could almost say he's a renaissance man of sorts. He's a uh, uh, very talented musically. He's very talented uh, promotion-wise. He's very savvy with marketing. And he is completely uh, a pro with merchandising. Everything he puts out, whether it's a 45, a full-length vinyl LP, whether it's his band or somebody else's band, uh, including Broken Teeth, by the way, the Guilty Pleasure record is on uh, vinyl courtesy of RevoltVinylRecords.com. Uh, everything he does comes packaged with a sticker, a poster, autographed photo, you know, photo of the band. Uh, he is uh, from the old school of KISS merchandising, for lack of better terms. And uh, so he puts a lot of effort into whatever he does. And uh, there's there's no doubt why we connect with him. Yeah, he's uh, he's easy to talk to. I think that that's a. Uh something that lo is looked over as a talent that you're just easy going because he's super easy he's an easy target as well he's you know he's he's six three or something he's like skinny as a rail and his hair touches the floor so he's this <laughs> sort of like crazy mongoloid hard rocker you know sebastian rose you know <laughs> <laughs> uh axel bach uh mcmaster kind right, of guy. exactly and um he's he's just a super uh super nice guy i am i i get tired just talking to him because of his energy uh, he's very talented like you said uh with the idea of just here's an idea i'm going uh, I'm not going to sleep until I see this with legs and it's moving. I can't finish it in today in one day, but I can make it work. And he's he's done that. He's got vision. He's got energy. There's so much uh, good stuff going on with uh, with one Tyler Heath, and he stays very busy with working on Leather Duchess. He's always writing a song. He's always posting on social media. Like I said, he's easy to find. He's, he's completely approachable and he's championing rock and roll and heavy metal and thrash metal and underground music uh, as much as anyone out there. So yeah. people should check it all out. Um, and you know, you'll hear, you'll hear us say the website over and over and over in this episode, this, this very great episode today here with Tyler Heath from revoltvinylrecords.com. And of course, frontman for leather duchess, Mr. Tyler Heath on the talk louder podcast. hundred fucking degrees in Los Angeles right now. And you wear a leather jacket. Love, gotta love that spirit. Yeah. <laughs> 
got, the, got the Kevin Dubrow gloves on and all that oh, yeah. shit. Yeah, I think uh, I think Tyler sleeps in his leather jacket. He does. Uh, a man after my own heart. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Are we recording? Uh, we, it's not recording now, right? We're not live. No, we're, it's we're not, not live, but we are recording. From the waist down, I've got little booty shorts on. So. <laughs> well, that's that's we're leaving that in. <laughs> totally. We're not editing that out. So, At least, hey, like, I'm not wearing anything from the waist down, just so perfect. you know. So, yeah. so that's a, I mean, that's that's a familiar stage out stage attire for a famous rock singer. I know, I know. Here, here I am trying to, you know, um, get away from those comparisons. And you're I'm not just, doing a very good job. <laughs> I've been trying to get, get to shed those comparisons the entire time, and it's just impossible. Uh, yeah, you know, yeah. red red hair, tattoos. Yeah, I sing real high. Yeah, uh, what, what, As, what it, that doesn't, you know, I shave my head and I'm, you know, oh, he's trying to be Rob Halford, you know. As soon as I put the bandana on, it, it's over. It's like, oh, you're, 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 oh, you're only asking for, you're only asking for shit talk after that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The cool thing is, I will, I will say this. This was kind of cool. I was kind of uh, scrolling through old. I think it was a, a tweet uh, scrolling through. There was a uh, there was a post by Mr. Rose, I'll call him, uh, where he was basically kind of running through. I think I think I don't recall exactly, but running through uh, some of his itinerary, just verbally spewing on yeah. Twitter, and. Uh, and or it was like photos with of him with some other really badass people which yeah. that's like an everyday occurrence for him i'm sure but he was posting about it got to do this and got to do that forever grateful love the fans blah blah super positive as he has been for a long time now right yeah. And I guess when you get to do a tour with ACDC, you it's it's becoming of you, and you be you be you oh, be, yeah. you become a an open flower and a happy person. No, right. that is, I, that's not any uh, stabs or uh, rock throwing. It it is this. I I said, spell it how you want. I spelled it atza. That's a good life. That's all I said. That's a good life. He liked. Yeah. Oh, did he? There Mr. you go. Mr. Rose liked my tweet. Yeah. Okay. Or at have least his him? social media manager did. Say that again? Have or at least him? his social media manager liked it. Well, I liked it. Th Shut up, Dave. <laughs> hey, Dave, can you crank your light down like one yeah, of those? Just, you, you look like a, a yellow squash turning out to catching fire. That's better. That's All better. Right. That's better. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You were, you were a little overexposed there. Just, just a tad. Just I'm still trying to wake up. Fucking yeah, my, my yeah. camera's on top of broken teeth vinyl. Yeah, I saw that. We need to get rid of that shit. <laughs> I know. I'm trying to move it. I yeah, got mine. Well, we can we can talk about that right now. So you started a label. Tell us uh, about the drive and uh, the insanity that you bought into. Uh, yeah. The dumb idea of starting your own... Uh, a company that just burned your own wallet <laughs> right <laughs> right we're talking about revoltvinylrecords.com is what we're yeah. talking yeah. about that's right 
Tell us, all, tell us all about it. It was something I'd wanted to do for a long time. Um, you know, I, I'm a huge lover of physical media and and the tangible side of rock and roll, the stuff you can hold in your hand, the stuff you can put on your wall. You know, I think that's such an important part of music culture. And uh, it, it came from a couple different places. One, no labels would sign my own band. You know, no one would even like sniff us. So it was like, well, you know, I'm either going to have to start my own thing. Uh, and initially it was just a vanity label, you know, like Motley had leather records or Guns N' Roses did the Uzi Suicide. I mean, tons of bands had those little self labels. Uh, so initially it was just that something to put on the record probably for the same same reason there was a lot of diy going on right for the biggest for the biggest bands uh, right it, it didn't yeah. have, it didn't have to be like well we don't have <clears throat> we don't have any money so let's uh let's make some phone calls and get in good with these these guys that are you know uh releasing their friends demos and and you know like a megaforce that's how megaforce it was yeah. like tape yeah. trading fanzine yeah I mean, johnny z and his wife marcia they just like took it to a whole new level the whole diy and next thing you know the majors wanted to buy out his product and his contracts right now that's amazing because he had you know the bands that we all know and love that he helped get uh, a foot in the door as far as that that goes right. probably not going to happen uh never say never for right. revolt vinyl but yeah the, 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 uh, the tenacity and the and the tenacity and the the really grandiose bad idea of doing this is do it while you're young and dumb right i think it's a great idea i i i i i love the idea because uh, I mean, we we're friends. Uh, we we know you, so I think it's a great idea for someone like you who's got the energy to do that. And that's what it. That's really what it takes. Yeah, it it does take a certain motor for sure. You know, you, you got to. Well, how how long do you think you can stand living around cardboard boxes? <laughs> um, well, ask my girlfriend about that. It's her living room that they're in. Um, <clears throat> And yeah, I, you, I do need how to often do you apologize for that? Every day on the yeah. hour. No, that's good. That's <laughs> smart. And then three dangerous toys boxes showed up on the porch and she was like, well, you got more stuff coming. Yeah. Said, yeah. yeah. I'm the merch girl. I gotta, I gotta count all this stuff yeah. in. Well, I, you know, I, I know I that appreciate you taking that on by the way. Yeah, oh, absolutely. No. And, and going back to something you said earlier, you're such a, a fan of the physical media and the merch and it shows, man. I mean, everything that you put out, you sent me a box of stuff and it was like Christmas <laughs> and you know, the, the rec there's like no expense spared. So to Jason's point, I'm sure you put a lot of money into this. Oh, yeah. But from a fan's perspective and knowing you like I do, you wouldn't have it any other way. So anyway. it's like revolt records are bust, but we're <laughs> not going to put out a crappy product, you know? Amen Never. to that. So, yeah. so let me, let me, do you mind? I mean, I should preface this. Do you mind if I ask you some uh, questions that involve uh, points? Uh, I'm talking dollars. Oh yeah. Yeah. What, what is the average price? your cost per revolt vinyl release like like per, per unit 
Yeah, yeah um, per, per unit. Yeah. And we're talking about all of the goodies, the printing, everything to make one, let's just say vinyl record, not a CD, because that's fairly inexpensive to make, but one vinyl record gatefold because you go all the fuck out. You fuck oh, yeah. go crazy on that. Posters and dirty panties and stickers and lick on <laughs> tattoos and you'd put it all in the fucking right. box. Yeah. What does that cost you per unit? And I, I do run those numbers before I start a project. You know, I lay all that out. Because um, you want to know because you want to know how crazy you're going to be. Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and and it, it depends on the release. Like with the Broken Teeth record, I think those cost me about. Uh, Seventeen dollars a record, and then you're yeah. selling them for twenty-five. Yeah. So you know, there's the profit margin there. Um, yeah. The the leather Duchess records, and of course, the more you press, the more the cost per unit goes down. As with anything, um, we did five hundred of the Fatal Moon vinyl, and so those per unit were about eighteen a record, and we're selling them for thirty. So forty percent markup, give or take there. So when you think about let's say that you know another label is doing the same thing take you out right. of the equation and maybe they don't have the startup cash to press 500 of their vinyl and they right. decide to go down to 100 or let's say 200 in your with you with your wallet what are they what I, i'm not asking you to break out a calculator but yeah. you're looking at like 20 bucks per unit Oh, easily. If you're just pressing, if you're just pressing a hundred, you're going to break even if you sell all 100. Right. It, it basically, you'll get your money back if you sell. All. So I'm not trying to spread this information out there to the, to the world. So people will just, you know, go back to college to not play rock and roll. You know, right. I'm trying to, <laughs> you know, in other words, do the right thing, doctor, right. lawyer, you know, businessman yeah. of a different, you know, I think that it's the dedication that I'm trying to underline here, which is what I started with. Right. Yeah. You're as crazy as a fucking fox to <laughs> want to, when you think about what it is you're about to embark upon. Right. Yeah. And then the way that you market, just to put that in a nut uh, market, or sell this. Okay, I got 500 records. How the fuck am I going to sell these? What's your next? What What do you do then? Pre-sale? Uh, yeah. I mean, if, if you can take pre-orders, and obviously, like a band like Broken Teeth, that's got a little momentum already, and it's already a, a bit of a name. That's easier yeah. to pre-sale. A new right. band that no one's ever heard of, you got to get it in front of them. But I've found it's like I mean, the reason I sent Dave that you know giant box that I found. If you can get it in front of people, if you can get people to open that gatefold and go, holy shit, this yeah. is cool. Well, it's, own, it's, exactly, it's exactly what everyone is doing when they open up your record. It's like, holy yeah, yeah. Christ, what the <laughs> hell? You know, who are these girls? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you but want to. And, and the thing is, I mean, let's just talk about the Leather Duchess record. Uh, this sure. is uh, Fatal Moon. Uh, you've yeah. got another one called Gunslinger. But this thing, when I opened it, it was like it had all the it had more goodies than Kiss Alive 2. I mean, the artwork is fantastic. And we'll talk about that in a minute. But to Jason's point, the gatefold, I mean, what independent band is doing this? 
And then you open it up and there is like, what is this? A 25 page full color booklet it with, is, yeah. you know, all these great photos, all this information about the band, about the, uh, the album itself. I mean, it came with stickers. There's a patch in here. There's a, I've got a magnet on my refrigerator back there. It was just crazy. And I was thinking to myself, I haven't seen a record like this since, you know, with all this kind of packaging since like kiss in the seventies. And I dare say this out outguns that. So, I mean, I love the fact that you, uh, you know, put so much effort, money, thought, it just goes to show you really are a fan of rock and roll. And if you go broke doing this, you left a nice, full color glossy mark and that's the point right that's what i told myself i i said at least you know if i go belly up i'll have that record on the shelf and i can say i, I did it you know yeah but, but yeah that, that love you're talking about that's that's where it comes from i mean kiss was a huge inspiration for that i mean they were the kings of merchandising and just having cool shit um you know yeah i, I buy all these and there's a lot of labels out there that are they're doing good stuff I, I buy these box sets from these bands i bought the venom box set that came with a book like that. Um, a couple companies in Europe, Dying Victim Productions is another one that really goes all out, even for the smaller bands. Um, and but I have yeah, the, I have the Celtic Frost box. Yeah, it's like yeah. this thick. Oh yeah, yeah. It's, well, then you know you you mentioned the uh, the Broken Teeth record earlier, which was uh, amazing. Also, uh, Guilty Pleasure album. Yes, you know, the cover looks good. It's on red vinyl. It came with three autographed eight by 10 promo photos. There was a sticker in here. I mean, dude, <laughs> who wouldn't want this? You know, it's amazing. I, I love it. it and it was, uh, it was a group. If I'm, <clears throat> excuse me, if I may chime in, it was a group effort. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, to, I was like, Jason, do, you, do you have any photos, you know, from that era? Do you have no. anything? He's like, no, no. I don't. Uh, yeah, I just had, finding the photos from this era. I mean, when did this album come out, Jason? What uh, year is this line? 2004? No. I was going to say three, but it might be. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, 2002. 2002, gentlemen. Yeah. 2002. <laughs> Tyler knows. And it came with a CD also. That, I mean, because that's the year that Tyler was born. So 2002 <laughs> came out. I had to call uh, Lori Galbraith, a photographer, and go, You got any old reels? you know, of stuff. And, and she found the prints and sent me the prints. And I, yeah, he went all out. Dave's holding up the red vinyl, red vinyl, fantastic. super lyrics on the sleeve. Yeah. yeah. Jason sent me some pictures of handwritten lyrics he'd written. And, and I, well, and I, I didn't have those just laying around. I had right. to spend time <laughs> and write those out and try yeah. to try, try to spell it. Okay. And anyway, yeah, the, the group effort, yeah, that the oh, yeah. unsung, unpaid hours that uh, the band and, well, see, your band, you're in your band at your label, right. so yeah. the labor of love that it is. <clears throat> but the point that I'm making is, and I, what I really feel like most people don't begin to even think about the shipping cost on how just as heavy as fuck box of, you know, 700 uh car heavy card stock coming uh, from canada mind you photographs yeah. oh yeah yeah uh and and that had to be shipped around the united states and canada apparently 
you know, three, the vinyl was shipped from Canada, but yeah. Oh, right. But I'm talking about the photographs now, but those, yeah. those glossies. Uh, yeah. The nightmare that we didn't let it become a nightmare just for everyone's. It never was a nightmare. Yeah. But I'm, I'm, maybe that's a heavy word. The labor of love. There we go. That it <laughs> yeah. was to. Nice spin. To take, you know, 700 photo. Okay. 669 photos or whatever it was. Uh, because there's three photos in every copy of 200 copies, right? Yeah, there's 600. Two, yeah, so uh, I won't. I don't want to say pure hell, but it was. I had to drive all over Texas to yeah. get everyone to sign those. Yeah. Then I had to I sign. Remember, I, before I was going to advertise, comes with a signed photo. I remember saying to you, "Are you able to track these guys down? Can you get everyone together? You know, like." Do you still talk to those guys? Like, yeah, me, you know, and, me and Mike thing. Watson, uh, who played bass on that, the right. Dangerous Toys, Mike Watson played bass on that record. Uh, he met me over at Bruce's house. Oh, okay. So, yeah. Who, you know, the- drummer, drummer for Broken Teeth, Bruce Rivers, for those of you who are chiming in now. Uh, uh, so, we knocked, it out. We, we knocked it out. I sent you photos of those guys signing that shit. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. yeah. Cool. Uh, and then Jared lives nearby, and then Paul lives an hour from me. So it was a little bit of work, yeah. uh, you know. And then there's the time that it took to. You should have seen the merry-go-round. Here's a scenario, just to give you guys, you know, a little bit. Uh, imagine a square dinner table, small dinner dining table, right? So I would lay down, you know, five or six of them, and then I'd go around to the other flat side of the table and lay down you know five or six more and i'd go around and paul was following me around the table so yeah. here's me and here's him for two hours that's pretty smart and well and even worse those those fancy metallic sharpies take 20 seconds to dry so yeah. we just ended up i mean we we burnt we burnt about two of those out and then i just said on the last hundred you're just going to go black and he was go like okay because the black doesn't okay. run out Right. Yeah, it takes a year out. for that one for one black to run out for some reason. So. That that goes. That's one of those fine details that you know that you and and Tyler sort of insisted on. It's like if you're a fan, would you prefer this in black or silver sharpie? And silver sharpie always wins, but they're terrible. They run out of ink after you know ten signatures, yep. and uh, you know. So you must have not only you know, were you willing to do it? You probably had a whole box of Sharpies lined up knowing that they're going to run out, but oh, yeah. still the finished product is exactly what a fan would want. Yeah. yeah. And that's, that's, that's always the goal, man. Uh, and, yeah. and I, do, I've tried to have a couple signatures of the label. One of them is they're, they're all hand numbered. I don't know if you noticed that on the back, but yep. yeah. Mine's so number two. Who, there you go. That's <laughs> because I have number one. <laughs> of course you, you do. Have, other, other than the label ceo you have the next copy right but that's the only perk that you have i placed the first order well I, I and i own the record that's a perk i'm thrilled to have it you know no, you know i love tyler. that record i, love tyler all has, I know oh, tyler has tyler has number one that's the only right. perk the ceo has is oh he, yeah yeah the him <laughs> i have the, the immense bragging rights of showing that off the number yeah. one Right, yeah. right, right. And I've, I've shared this with Tyler before, and I want to bring this up. This is one of my favorite releases on your on your album, your label. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Shakedown 77. 
And uh, this is a buddy of, of Tyler's. How do you pronounce his name? Theron? Theron. Theron. Yeah. And uh, it's great, rootsy, American rock and roll, kind of, you know, a bit of Stones, a bit of Izzy Stradlin, a bit of Tom Petty. Yes, and uh, I love it, man. And he just kind of threw that in the box when he was mailing me my care package. And I listen to everything, of course, but this one really resonated with me. And, and I give this one a lot of plays and I just wanted to thank you for it because I know you were probably just throwing it in as almost an afterthought. But I got to tell you, I love this record. Yeah, man. Well, I know what you're into. And I, I thought that would probably, you know, be well Click. received. Um, yeah. Yeah. yeah um, that, that was another one that uh, I, I met him and we just bonded over, you know, a mutual love of everything you just listed. Uh, we both love Outlaw Country. We yeah. both love, you know, Dogs to Moor and Cinderella and all, all that stuff. That's um, but he had, he had already had that recorded when I met him. Um, and he's got he's you know, he said, I have this record. Uh, I don't you know, I'm trying to put it out there. I, and I told him, well, I'm, I'm kind of starting a label. Uh, you know, would you be interested in doing vinyl through my label? And, and he was thrilled to do that. So uh, we got together and there it is. The signature signed <laughs> again every every thought was put into this it's not it's not like tyler just puts all his effort into his own band's products no. you know he puts it into everything that he does and i love that and that was a big thing starting the label i i want this to be bigger than my band you know i i i want it to you know help as many bands as i can and and that was another thing is is when i you know was starting it i would go see all these bands that were incredibly talented. They put on a killer live show. They looked great. They sounded great. And then you go to their merch table. They don't have anything. Or they might have a CD that doesn't look very good. And it's like, man, I want to take you home with me. You know, I, yeah. you're great. Like, yeah. So yeah. It, it was also trying to reach bands like that and, and help them put out something that people can buy. And that's something that looks good. And, you know, something that provides them that missing element. Cause that is so important. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Right. Some, not everybody has that brain. Right. That it takes a true geek about. to fully understand it and appreciate it. And I think that's why the three of us, you know, connect because we're that nerd that studied the liner notes and loved the sticker that came with the album. And, oh, my God, it's color vinyl and, you know, oh, a poster, <laughs> you know, I mean, look at our backdrops. We're just, you know, right. we collect that stuff and we love the tangible product. So yeah, I will all go in the garbage dump things. one day. So <laughs> I, I say that all the time. It's all headed for a landfill. Yeah. <laughs> well, so, so tell, tell people where they can find this stuff. Revolt. Is it revolt records or revolt vinyl? What's the proper name? Um, revolt. Yeah. Revolt vinyl records is the full name uh, simply because revolt records was technically taken. So I, I had to, come up with you know a different variation and and the focus is vinyl so you know and i'm not at this point i'm not trying to be a you know cigar chomping uh label in a skyrise building where i want to own all your music and own your body and your children you know yeah. i'm just trying to help bands make their physical product look better i'm never after the rights of their music you know or, or the licensing or any of that yeah, i want to be to be clear you're it's it's uh you're helping them learn how to diy yeah exactly because yeah. because when you i love the story about you go to the merch table and it's like what's this shit <laughs> yeah 
And I love the way he said he wants to take them home. It's like, there's so much potential here. We just need to dress it up, man. We need to make it look good. You guys, you guys have all the ingredients, but your t-shirts suck. Yeah, you're (laughs) right. You're paying attention. Obviously you're paying attention to your product because you just blew me away live and you guys look and sound great and it's a full package, but you're missing the thing that they can take home with them if they desire a physical product. Right. You would at least hope that they were smart enough to release their material digitally so people can download it when they're getting in their car, leaving the show while they're still buzzing off your, what was that song they just played? And they're looking it up. Hopefully it's fucking available. Right. So that's another DIY that would also in turn full circle help you help them because there there's, that's who you want to sell physical product to is someone who's trying to download or look right. them up online immediately after being introduced to them. Yeah. So, so you're not going to make any money. You're going to make your money back. Would you say that's about right? Uh, yeah. I mean, well, it depends if you're going to only press a hundred records. Yes. You're lucky to get that back. Yeah. Um, I mean, if we sell all 500 of the fatal moon, we've sold about 200 so far. So getting there. Um, if we sell all 500, there's a couple thousand dollars in, in profit. Um, you know, on paper. Now that profit was eaten up <laughs> over there and over there and right here and with t-shirts and on tour. So well, yeah, you have it, to spend the money. To get rich. Yeah, you're moving on to the next uh, widget you have to pay for in order to move forward. Yeah. It's like, and so far, I mean, any profit that has rolled in, it gets rolled towards the next project, you know? Right, right. right. Can, you, people, can you talk a little bit about, I know you were trying to work with, uh, with Jet Boy to release yeah. the Damnation record, which, uh, you know, is, has long been out of print. Um, and it, it was kind of dead in the water when it was released. And, right. and, and Billy well, Rowe will admit that, so will Mickey. But uh, yeah. I know you've been in contact with them. I don't know if you can talk much about that. Is there any progress on that front? Might we get a Jet Boy record from Revolt Vinyl? Yeah, it is still on the table. Um, things don't move as quickly as I'd like them to, you know, he, and he, Billy's a busy guy, you know, he plays with Buck Cherry, he's always on tour. Um, yeah, I, I still want to do that. And uh, we, we talked a couple months ago about putting something out and he was definitely on board, uh, you know, wanting to make a cool gatefold release. Uh, so yeah, that's definitely still on the table. I, I won't put the cart, you know, before the horse. Sure, but, uh, sure. Um, what's a band that's out there that you would love to to take on and re-release and package and, you know. Well, and I was going to mention that, you know, there were two reasons that I wanted to start this label. One was the aforementioned band who has the shitty CD, you know, that needs help. The other one is like you said, like bands like Jet Boy and the hundreds and hundreds of long forgotten gems, you know, that just got erased by history. All those great records out there that never, like you said, they were dead in the water when they were released. Like yeah. they never, and finding an original copy is near impossible. So it's like getting those albums in, into the hands of people. Uh, and there have been a couple bands from the era that have had, you know, triumphant returns. Like Sarah Thungle is a great example. Mm-hmm. You know, those guys couldn't get arrested in the 80s. It's just yeah. no one, they just could not move the needle. And they went 30 years without playing their instruments. And all of a sudden, uh, Jarvis Leatherby, who plays bass with them, uh, and also has a band called Night Demon, fantastic band. 
he gets those guys together and is like, guys, there, there are fans out there that love this band. Y'all could headline festivals over in Europe and you could play some really big shows. Lo and behold, they put out a new album and are bigger than they ever were, you know? Yeah. So yeah. That, that, uh, that Jarvis Leatherby is something else. Yeah. Oh man. He, I, he, that, that guy is an inspiration for sure. He, yes. Yeah. He's a, he's a powerhouse and I would love to, uh, Maybe you can help get him in touch with us. I'd love to pick his brain here on the show. Yeah, oh, he'd be a great uh, because guest. He would, yeah, he, he's, he's right up our alley because it's, yeah. uh, you're, you're like him in many ways and in kind of a protege way, right? So I look a, there is a, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There is a need for, uh, th this is a vehicle for all of that because obviously uh, Mr. Leatherby is, uh, is a, uh, a nerd like us. And oh yeah, it's, it's important, uh, very important that oh, we unite oh. and uh, and revolt together. You see what I did there? Uh, yeah. <laughs> the idea, uh, the the idea of of a band that you know, traction, traction. Oh, we fall off because you know I got to get a job or I got to take care of my parents or whatever. That's real. So yeah, uh, I got sorry. I got to go grow up. I got to right. go do some adulting. Whatever the fuck it is. Yeah. yeah. Uh, can happen to a band. Um, I don't know Sirith Ungle's uh, thing, but you know that happened. I think something similar. I, I be, I'm I'm totally fine with being wrong, and I apologize if I'm wrong. But I recall similar things with like Pentagram. Yeah. Oh they yeah. They didn't play for years and decades, and then all of a sudden there's this resurgence, and someone's like knocking on the door, going, "Hey man, are you the dude in Pentagram? Because I want to release a record and put on this festival, and I want you to headline." And they're like, "What?" Yeah. I thought yeah. I was dead. I was just, uh, <laughs> you know, and back yeah. dead kind of thing. And those stories are out there, and it comes in many uh, different forms. Anyway, uh, so Revolt Vinyl Records dot com. Yeah. Well, to, to or is, answer, it, or is it just revoltvinyl.com? No, it's revoltvinylrecords.com. Revoltvinylrecords.com. Uh, so if, if you're on Bandcamp, um, that's a great tool for, for bands and customers. Yeah. Uh, you could buy the stuff through there. Yeah. So between the website and the Bandcamp. Um, so to we, answer we, Dave's question, which I, I didn't forget about, you, you were asking, like, what, what's out there that I would love to reissue? Yeah. Right. Uh, oh, God, I could talk hours about that. I but, know. Uh, there's one. Pick, there's pick a band two called, or three. <laughs> okay, top three. Yeah. Um, there's a band called Power Lord. They put out oh, yeah. one full EP. Oklahoma. And they're, Oklahoma. They're from Oklahoma City, which that's my hometown. Yeah. Um, their debut album came out in 1986. Hold on, I'm gonna blow my own mind. Okay, I used go ahead. to be. I used to be. Uh, have some kind of like phone phone call yeah. in the yeah. back in the old old days. This would have been in the 80s. Right with a guy named brian massey do you know that's, that name that's the singer right yeah no bass player he's the bass player right dane he's cook the bass player. He's the singer not the comedian but a different dane cook right uh you're, that is the bass player so you, brian, you used to i used i used to be if you if you're ever talking to anyone in power lord and it may happen to be brian massey tell him yeah. i said hello I will. Because I will. Me and sure. him used to call each other all the time, and I don't. Oh, cool. I don't remember meeting him. And if we did, it was very short. They were coming through, or I was coming through there, or something like that. But yeah, Brian Massey, Power Lord. I'll never forget it. That was in my pen pal days. I used to have that first EP. I don't have it anymore. 
well, I don't know what happened. That's, well, they're worth a lot of money if you can find an original pressing. And that, that's the other problem. You can't get a hold of it. Um, I actually, I contacted the guitar player who still lives in Oklahoma. His name's Tony Gurley, I believe. Um, and he and the drummer were brothers. Mm, okay. uh, and we, we talked back and forth and I just told him what a huge fan I am. And, and I, I told him I started a little label, would love to reissue this record. He wasn't all that interested, to be honest. He said, yeah, let me, you know, let me talk to those guys. I think his brother's having some health problems. Um, obviously, the band hasn't done anything in right. decades. Um, well, did you tell I, him that he wouldn't have to do anything? I did. I, I said, man, you know. He, That's usually key. Well, that's yeah, the point. You, yeah. Whatever you want, man. I'm <laughs> going to night All school. All I need to do yeah. is maybe, you know, maybe dig out some photos, get those to me. Other than that, you are hands off. I don't need any money from you. Just yeah. you know, let me put this thing out. He, I, I nudged him a few times and said, you know, are, are you still interested? He, he's never said no, but I don't feel that he's that enthused about it, um, which happens, you know. So yeah. Some guys move on. That, that stuff was a lifetime ago, and, you know, maybe he doesn't care anymore. Yeah, uh, that was 80s. They, they were legit. They were legit right. 80s. There was a bunch yeah. of bands from that era. There's another band, I think, that's from around the same area called Oliver Magnum. Does that sound familiar? That name. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Um, so that's so I mean, Power Lord. Power Lord. Check them out. Uh, the Awakening is the album title. Great. Right. Okay. And then, you know, I was at Hell's Heroes this year and I, I'm seeing Power Lord shirts and I'm like, yeah. now's the time to put it out. Like people, yeah. you know, I, I could see them having a Sirithungal type resurgence. Like, yeah, let's get them back together. Get them on the festival. Yeah. Um, yeah. Another one. I, I've talked to, um, um, I, I'm blanking on his name. Shit, um, Mr. Devastation, Rodney, oh, Rodney. Rodney, yeah, brain fart. Yes, Mr. Sorry. Rodney Dunsmore. Um, I've talked to him about reissuing Signs of Life. Uh, again, he he told me that I last time we talked, Century Media was potentially interested mm. in putting it out. Those are the kind of names I I can't compete with Century Media. You know, it's like yeah. Um, but then, as far as I know, they only put out Idolatry, and they did not put out Signs of Life, so I don't think there's been an official reissue of that. Um, if there has, it was really small, maybe a European reissue or something. So that's on my list. Um, try, trying to think. I mean, like I said, there's hundreds and hundreds of those just obscure heavy metal records from the 80s that... Yeah, I, I just wanted to pick your brain because, you know, anyone that follows you on uh, social media, you're always like pulling a, a record out of your collection from back in the day and go, hey, everybody remember this. And then you do a little summary of it. And your 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 descriptive phrasing, by the way, is great. You know, oh, and, and, yeah, man, I mean, yeah, he's well written any day. Yeah, he is. And, yeah. and uh, so you're you're just a natural at doing this sort of thing so and i also know that you dig deep so that's why i asked the question because i wanted to yeah. hear what's um, out there that isn't obvious that is you know boiling in tyler heath's brain that's well, you know it's, it's a tough. fancy reissue there's only so many ways to describe heavy metal music and i feel like i i run out of adjectives at a certain point you know i hear you pummeling crushing ripped <laughs> my face off you yeah. know <laughs> This shreds. It, it, you post every day, and it's like, oh shit! I used that word yesterday. Uh, right. so always trying to come up with new ways to describe this record that just blew me away. You know, um, I feel your pain. My my third record. Um, this record here. The girlfriend just brought it to me. Uh, Victim. Power hungry. Uh, came out in '84. They were out of San Diego, and as far as I know, it's never been reissued. Great record. So, wow. 
that, that, that artwork that artwork is that artwork I was gonna say that artwork is probably why. That's <laughs> I'm nothing, that's that's as good as it gets right there. Well, and, and you know what I jest, you know oh, what yeah. I'm talking about, yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's that would most most people that are not into what the things that we are into and the things that we look for, which is like hand drawn dragon art, you know, on a oh, record. Right. Oh, I want to hear that, you know. Right. Yeah, but yeah. it looks like a third grader drew that. That's why I've got to fucking hear that. Yeah. But most exactly. people who just say they're a heavy metal fan, they just say it. They're not really heavy metal. They're, yeah, I like ACDC. That's the kind of heavy metal fan they are. They right. just walk away from that. But yeah. where where people like us are drawn to it. So uh, I think that the idea of you having a label is um, you're you're crossing. There's a certain uh, smell. Yeah. Certain uh, 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 what the French call, I don't know what. Uh, yeah that's important for people to know about what it is that you are actually trying to do at revolt vinyl Records. so uh hats off to you that's amazing listen your your band is about to go on tour this is another not money making venture <laughs> yeah, we've got a lot of those <laughs> yeah good job uh hey man it's why, the nature hey, of the beast isn't that, it that, hey dave that's why he's on the show yeah, exactly. right. that's why he's here because that's yeah. he's uh on the front lines uh tyler i you you amaze me daily just like you amaze dave in uh the ways that you have your high energy and you have this knack for uh reviewing records that you want to be on your label that you're you have this fantastical way of letting the world know and you're on top of it. It's a, it's a daily venture. Like, let's see what crappy heavy metal band he's going to throw out there today for us to sort of try to remember. Wow, I think I have that record, you know, yeah. kind of because I, I kind of live for your postings to see if I have the record that you're talking about. You, the, and the I, good news for you, you'll like this, is you stump me every time. There's a bunch of stuff you're holding up in your social media plugging uh, that I'm going well, I've seen that. So-and-so has that. I don't have that. Wow. Wow. So it's intriguing. Well, something you is always the goal. That's right. Yeah. So, so you're about to embark. When does your tour, this is, I'm talking leather duchess. Now right. you're doing a, a quick couple of weeks. Is that right? It's five weeks. It's oh, 22, days, 22 shows, uh, a few days off in between, but mostly boom, 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 back to back. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, yes, we are doing, it, it kicks off in Las Vegas. There's not an actual show in Vegas, but we're doing an old school record signing at Moondog Records. Uh, and that is next Friday. Uh, I've been friends with that owner for a long time, spent thousands of dollars in that store. Uh, he's been a great supporter of the band. You know, every time we put something out, he's like, hey man, get me a couple of copies of that. I'll promote it. Um, <clears throat> I'll play it in the store. So I hit him up and said, you know, what, what would you think about us doing like a, a record signing, you know, like they used to do? He's like, man, yeah. that sounds great. Like, yeah. let's do it, you know, play well, in a set, like set up your merch table, blah, blah, blah. So yeah, they love that kind of shit. Yeah. And, and every time I go in there, man, he's got the full house. There's dozens of people just, you know, crate digging in there. So he's amazing he's going. And I love seeing that, you know, I, I love seeing an independent record store just killing it like that. And this is his second location. So he, he grew it enough to need a bigger store. Wow. Well, yeah, Vegas fantastic. is the new, you know, I've been hearing for years and years, like decades now that Vegas was going to be the new LA. And then, right. you know, every, 
everybody who's anybody that didn't already own property and have grandfathered into the, right. you know, state claim in those hills, as they used to say, uh, yeah. uprooted and moved to La- moved to uh, Las Vegas so they could work. Yeah, there's a lot of lot of names there now. Uh, I think yeah. your boy Mickey Finn lives there. Yes, he does. Yeah, Vegas, well, yeah. I mean, so uh, lives there. Jeff yeah. Duncan. I mean, yeah, uh, a lot of a lot of people are there. I, I believe list. Fashion Box there. Yeah, Let, let's uh, talk Andy, about uh, Leather Duchess because yeah, we, the tour, the tour. Hey, hey, talk about I, this. and I want to go back even further. So we, let's bring the, let's fold the tour into the discussion. But l- tell me, you said you grew up in Oklahoma. Uh, Leather Duchess is out of L.A., correct? Officially, yeah. Okay, so tell me how you went from Oklahoma to L.A. Formed Leather Duchess and kind of bring us up to speed with the, where the band is today and just sort of summarize the, 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 the history of Leather Duchess. Yeah, the quick and dirty um, was, yeah, I, I moved to LA when I was 23 in 2014. Um, I got really into, you know, 80s metal, 80s hard rock uh, around 19 or 20. That was the, just the explosion where it was like, I love this stuff, you know, I'm, I'm going to like embody it and try to become it. Um, I lived in- <laughs> Good job, by the way. Yeah. I think you're doing Thank fine. You. Yeah. I'm, I'm still faking it, but. <laughs> no, no, you're not, man. I've come this far. No, you're not. Um, and, well, interesting enough, go back even further. I, I, I was not a metalhead as a teen. I, I didn't listen to metal, knew nothing about it. I loved country. I loved old school outlaw country classic country my first concert was charlie daniels when i was 13 it was at a rodeo and he was the halftime show and he descended from the ceiling of the arena on a hydraulic stage yes in the fiddle blew everyone away and then he ascended it was very christ-like he went back up into the rafters and i thought holy shit um you know (laughs) <laughs> well, I may, let me interrupt just for a second. I promise. Uh, that's rock and roll. Oh yeah, I know. Yeah, that's rock and roll. Charlie Daniels is rock and roll. Yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah. Yeah. He's oh, not. Know. He's not really country, southern rock, but he's he's fucking rock and roll. And yeah. that's it. That's right out of Kiss One Hundred and One. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. He, he's that trifecta of boogie woogie, southern rock, country. Yeah. It's everything. Yeah. Yeah, I I, I I can hear Aerosmith covering some of his music. Sure, it, yeah, it works. absolutely, it totally works. Yeah, rest his soul. Yeah. Uh, my first truck had a Charlie Daniels bobblehead doll mounted to the dash. Perfect. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, but anyway, so that that was what I listened to in my teen years. Uh, Hank Williams Jr., David Allen Coe, Johnny Paycheck, love that stuff. Yeah, it wasn't till 18, 19 that I discovered Skid Row and Guns N' Roses uh, and, you know, umbrellaed from there. Um, so I, I started, I, I, I went to school in Arkansas for a while and I had a little band over there that was just covers, you know, a couple guys jamming together. I moved to Norman, Oklahoma a couple years later. Uh, and that's when I started my first, I guess, real band where we actually tried to write songs. Uh, and we played, you know, in the area and it was, there was a bit of an identity crisis in, in the band. There was me who was trying to be Mr. Glam rock. The guitar player, uh, was a total metalhead, wh- whom I'm still good friends with to this day. Um, he's the guy I have that pulverizer project with. I don't know. Uh, the player was kind of like into the cure and new wave. And then the drummer was like punk rock, mohawk, you know, rancid, 
Operation Ivy. So, bit it's of an not, idea. It, it sounds like a kick-ass band. <laughs> right. All of these properly, elements properly executed, it could be yeah. something very cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, and it was called Leather Duchess. Funny okay. enough, okay. Um, that that was my band there. That lasted, I think, a year and a half. Again, we played a couple local things, um, and then I met a guy at a Faster Pussycat show. Um, and it, he was just decked out. He looked like Nikki Six, you know. He had like leather pants on. His hair was all teased up. I met him uh, and asked him, "Would you want to join my band, man? Um, we're looking. For, we were looking for a second guitar player." And he was like, "Well, I'll be honest, man. I'll come over and jam with you, but I'm moving to LA in a month, so I don't want to commit to anything, you know." Uh, so he did come over and jam. We became good friends, and uh, he was like, "You know." I'm moving to LA with my buddy, Mark Edgar, who is still the guitar player of Leather Duchess. Mm -hmm. um, he's like, I'm, I'm moving out there in a month. We're, we're kind of looking for a singer for our band. Uh, you know, rather than me join your band, would, would you want to, you know, join us? And I was at a point in my life where I wanted to make a big change. I, I, you know, I wanted to move somewhere, didn't know where. So I thought, well, and these guys were living in a hotel room. And so I thought, I'll move out there with these guys. Worst comes to worst, I move back home in six months and say I tried it, you know. So I, I made the move. It was a pretty impulsive decision. Um, moved out there, and uh, we, we formed the band, yeah, in a hotel room. And got a couple gigs, started writing songs. And uh, he ended up moving back to Oklahoma a couple years later. Storm, the, the guitar player that I met with. Uh, obviously, Mark is still in the band. Um, and we met the drummer. Uh, he was playing in another band. He was playing bass and singing in another band, a local band. They were opening up for Junkyard. Um, You're talking so about played, Jake? Yes, Jake is our drummer. Uh, yeah. He was playing bass and singing in another band. So we, we went to see Junkyard and uh, saw this opening band. We ended up getting kicked out uh, before Junkyard went on because the guitar player was underage and he had a flask of whiskey in his boot. So they said, y'all are out. Rock yeah, smart. Good, good move. Yeah. <laughs> Classic tale. Well, well we got caught. That's how you know caught. you found your guy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we did not get to see Junkyard, but we saw the opening band and uh, made friends with Jake. And originally, uh, he was still playing in that band. And he was like, well, I, I play drums. And, you know, he was funny enough. He, he was wanting to wear all the makeup and tease his hair and, and wear all that crap. But the band he was in wasn't really letting him. They were, they were like, you can pick one of those things, but you're not doing all of it. So, all of a sudden, this band comes to town that was letting him do all of it. And we were like, no, man, uh, you know, deck yourself out. And he was like, I, I've found my guys now. So he was originally supposed to be the drummer until we found a guy, but we just, we quit looking for a guy because, you know. <laughs> you found your guy. Yeah. So he became the drummer, and that that solidified the core of the band. It was me, Mark, and Jake, uh, and it always has been. Uh, and and you know, I've always been thankful that we've had that core because a lot of bands are one guy, two guys at most. But we've always had, you know, enough of a solid foundation that uh, it is a real band. You know, how long have you been together now? Uh, next year will be ten years. Ten we, years and two two, two full length albums. Two full length albums. It took us four years to get a proper album recorded, um, but but we were very adamant about our first release being a full LP. We weren't going to do demos. We weren't no EPs, no trickling singles. The first release was going to be a full LP, and we were we were very you know adamant about that, uh, and it was. So we waited until we could properly record 
11 songs and stamp it on a full album. Uh, and that came out in 2018. Gunslinger was the first release. And Against again, the grain, I call that. Oh, yeah. Against the grain. You're, yeah. you're not trying to follow uh, the easy way because releasing a single, you can, you can write a song, record it, and put it up on Spotify in a week. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, and we, we heard that all the time. You know, we were in L.A. Uh, and we were running into these, you know, industry experts. I'll put that in quotes. Oh, that, shit. Yeah. Right. And they'd be like, well, you, you don't need to work. No one puts out albums. Right. I'm managing all these rappers over here and they're, they're just dropping digital singles. That's what yeah. you need to be doing. And we were like, we, we didn't want to hear that. We're like, yeah, whatever, dude. We're putting out an album. It's going to be on wax. And people are going to love it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So if, if, had you guys done, had you guys been around in the heyday of the Sunset Strip scene, I, you know, you guys would have been, you know, right at home among the rats and the Motley Crews and the... Or they would have gotten lost in a sea of mediocrity. <laughs> Possibly, yeah. But you have I, to go 50-50 on that. But I, see, I think... Yeah, I agree with what you're, where your ploy. I agree. I, I think, though, that, you know, Leather Duchess has, has the look. They obviously have the drive. Tyler and the rest of the guys are committed to a great show, a great look, a great product. The music, of course, has to stand up, and it does. So uh, so what is it like out there for a band like you in L.A. today? Because we don't hear anything about L.A. anymore. Well, you don't hear anything because nothing's going on. <laughs> right. So that's um, my point. What's it, what's, it, what's it like for you trying to survive out there, get gigs, and make a name for yourself? Uh, well, first, I appreciate the kind words. That's, that's a heavy compliment coming from, you know, you two that um, – are kings of this stuff. Well, you you work you work hard at it. Yeah, so you earned it, man. You deserve you uh, deserve a, at least a hat to put feathers in. So thank you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I I wanted to say thank you for that because that that is heavy and that means a lot. I appreciate it. Um, L A today, yeah, it's it's much different. Um, it's tough being a band like us because young people aren't really into rock and roll. I don't know what they're into to be honest, but it's not rock and roll. Um, and the Older people who saw the original Heyday, they're not that impressed with you because they saw thousands of those bands come through. Some of them roll their eyes at you. They're like, oh, we're doing this again? Yeah. Jeez, you know. <laughs> it's, the jaded, it's the jaded thing. And it's right, easy, right. Um, it's easy and, for the young. It, I think it's easy for the young folks to just write you off as like, what are these, what are these guys doing? You know what I mean? They just don't. Yes. They're not seeing the camaraderie or, or what it right. is that you're celebrating because you're right. absolutely celebrating this niche, right? Yeah. Especially, well, and with your label, you're celebrating the same niche. So totally. don't, yeah. don't worry. The people, if you bring, if you build it, they may not come, but they're right. going to be interested in it at least if they, if they hear about it or follow you. So, yeah. Well, it becomes this balancing act of self-awareness and celebration, you know, yeah. um, knowing how ridiculous you look and, and knowing what it is you're trying to get out there and deliberately yeah. doing some of these things um, and also celebrating it because we hear all the time, oh, are y'all like Steel Panther? Are you, so it's like a parody and it's like, no, 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 no. It's, it's real. Um, but we also we do try to inject that tongue in cheek humor. We, we do try to be funny with stuff, you know, queen had irony and tongue in cheek humor. ACDC had that, like, you know, the great, Every, everyone, everyone has that. Yeah, totally. I mean, yeah. Aerosmith's loaded with innuendo. Like 
So it, well, it's what like, is what is Alice Cooper? What is the right. sweet? What is Slade? <laughs> right. What is yeah. those bands like they're dressed like goblins or right. something? And so it's the same. It's the same shit. Yeah, right. Um, so it, it's tr trying to explain to people and demonstrate it to people that, no, it's not a parody. It's a very real love and a celebration for this stuff. But we're also winking at you at the same time. I mean, like that the white leather song we did. It's it's a song about this ridiculous outfit I'm wearing, you know, like yeah. we get it. But we're also trying to do something that, that's real and authentic and uh trying to get people to understand that it's tough sometimes and when people do understand it it's just it, it's a home run you know yeah i think that's kind of my point it's like uh in this day and age what you're doing it could be a hard sell even though people like us appreciate it but people like us are sort of the minority and you're you're in an area in a city that used to be known for that and now we don't hear anything about los angeles so that was kind of my my question is like how do you how do you survive how do you balance it are you, are you looked upon as this great new second coming of that sort of thing? Or, or are you looked upon as, Hey, nice try guys, but uh, we're, we're still, you know, we're, we're going to pass, you know? Oh, well, uh, and we've heard much worse than nice try guys. That's <laughs> Oh, I'm sure. Well, if you're, if you're, if you're a Los Angeles, if you're known to be from Los Angeles and you're still going on tour and making records, it, you're, you're probably not playing a whole lot as a working band in Los Angeles, it's just a right. date on your tour and you happen right. to live right up the street. Right. Uh, and those are legacy bands that have been around for a long time. Newer exactly. bands like you guys and whoever else you guys have in, in LA County or Orange County and all of that. The point uh, that I just to top, just to get on Dave's train is kind of like, is LA dead? as far as far as this goes and why isn't there a song called la is dead la's dead and it talk right. about this exactly what we're talking about yeah. uh you know just I, i'm fan I'm, I'm fantasy writing a song here about la's dead called <laughs> LA's dead. Say, yeah. and and this is the idea no it's it's something that i've uh i've pre-thought and yeah. and thought for years uh since i've noticed that la's kind of dead yeah, but there's still venues there, and there's still people that uh, won't let won't let the the you know you're celebrating something that arguably could have been born on the Sunset Strip and and the right. ideas of of all of that and the and the heyday and everything. Even though you walk down Sunset and it's just homeless, it's right. not there's not anybody doing anything or celebrating anything with a can of hairspray on their head. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I mean, no. And obviously, you know, there used to be an actual industry here. That's completely gone. I mean, yeah. that aspect of it, yes, completely dead. You know, there's no Skyrise buildings signing bands anymore. Um, right. There's no A&R guys prowling around clubs looking for talent, stuff like that. So that aspect of it is absolutely dead, completely gone. Um, there, there is a thriving scene of, like, diehard heavy metal fans. Uh, you know, it's a city of what? 10, 10 million people. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you, you know, I've got a lot of friends here that are, are into all the stuff we're into. Um, it's out there. Um, no, of, but, of course, just like, but it is in, in some capacity that may not have a, a, a dead strip, you know, a dead, you know, what used to be this thriving thing 
Uh, I hate to say LA's dead because it sounds like, I mean, Los Angeles has its great things about it. And it's, right. and it's, it's, of course, I don't need to say it's legendary, but it is. So, uh, you know, but, but what you're saying, there's people who are celebrating, whether it be in the garage or in their homes or online, that's not right. on the street anymore. Correct. Well, you could exactly. say that about New York and Austin, Texas, and right. Dallas. I, I and, yeah, yeah, it's the same. Everything is everything. It's times have changed. Right. I think the world in general is that yeah. way now. Yeah. 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 So it doesn't matter where the guy with signing power or a bag of money to try to do what it is you're trying to do, or that we, the three of us, are trying to do as far as uh, you know, flying the flag, uh, and and you know, just trying to to survive by something that we that we love. Uh, my hats off to you and Leather Duchess and your label for just just making this happen and nothing getting in your way. Who yeah. says that you need a physical? Uh, 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 I'm sorry, like a uh, um, you don't need a street where to where you know a street festival that happens every night. Right. to celebrate what it is that you're doing anymore and you're and you're doing it and i just don't want you to go broke well thank you um, yeah. and in a way that street you're talking about is now instagram you know it's now social media that's Correct. where you go to meet other bands that's where you go to connect and network so what was once a flyer on a telephone pole is now a post in your feed you know that's kind of the yeah. modern day equivalent of that yeah and, and, and you've and you've kind of to my eye anyway, you, you've embraced it, if not mastered it, because you're very active in social media and your, and your, and your content is great. So Thank you. Thank you're, you. you're the guy had, had this been going down in 1986 or whatever, you would have had the gnarliest flyer on the Sunset Strip. <laughs> yeah. well, it would have been hot pink with the best artwork and there'd be a sticker stapled to it that you could take home. <laughs> uh, I, I appreciate it. Um, I, I he, do wouldn't, he wouldn't have eaten for a week in just right. because of that sticker stapler. Right. I got to yeah. buy. I got to buy a fucking stapler. I got to buy staples. I got to pay for the print. I got to right. have cool art. I, oh right. shit! I'm over budget. Hey mom, can you send me ten bucks? You know. Well, funny enough, the, the print, the local print shop I go to, uh, where I print all my flyers and everything. Um, He's the guy that's from that era. He printed flyers for those bands and is is a part of that. And that's he's always looking at my stuff and he's like, man, this would have been an $1,800 flyer back in 1989. Just <laughs> so you know. <laughs> so wow. speaking of speaking of killer artwork, uh, Gunslinger and Fatal Moon, the, yeah. the album cover art was done by Tommy Pons, who famously did the Dangerous Toys Records, he's he's the, kind the of a, he's still kind of an unsung master of that, uh, wow. if I may say so myself. I tell I can't how did you connect anybody with else who, who who would be able to say he's the unsung master other than myself? But I mean, uh, look at that! It, it definitely has his. Uh, you can tell it's a Tommy Pons piece. He's definitely got his his own unique style. Yes, um, and and I love this artwork. By the way, that's a great, Thank that's you, a man. killer picture. Um, how did you connect with Tommy? Uh, I think Jason gave me his number. Um, and Jason will tell you, we've got a whole laundry list of uh, things we borrowed from Dangerous Toys and the, the art being one of them. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I always, the, those clown album covers, and you know, you hear it all the time. That's what people remember. People are like, oh man, that clown. That art 
just sold itself, you know? It, and I love album covers that look like the music sounds, you know? Yeah. That's, that's the goal. And those clown covers look like Jason Sings, you know? That's, this, you look looks, at that this looks like le what Leather Duchess <laughs> sounds like, yeah. Right, yeah. Um, you, you know, you look at all those cool thrash album covers and the, the art matches the music. That's, all, that's always, you know, the goal. So I wanted something that certainly um, looked like we sounded. I, and I, I don't like digital art. I, I love hand-drawn traditional art that, you know, I can own the original art and frame it and put it on the wall. Yeah. So I certainly wanted something hand-drawn. I'm a lover and connoisseur of album artists. I've got all my favorites, you know. I, I, I've got art books that have album covers in it. Uh, I, I wanted a somewhat known name that had a known style. Uh, I contacted Ed Repka. I actually got Ken Kelly on the phone. He did the Destroyer and Love Gun cover. Yeah. A lot of Man of War covers. You know who he is. Yeah, um, he did, uh, I, I didn't know this, but he also did Rainbow Rising. He did, yeah. 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 Uh, go ahead, yeah. sorry. So you, so you connected I, with Ken Kelly. I, I'm shopping for an artist, and I go to his website, and his phone number's on there. And I'm thinking, wow. well, this has got to be an office or something. So I call the number, and he says, hello. And I says, is this Ken Kelly? Oh, yeah. What's up, man? So I, I, I'm, I'm like, oh, uh, what, uh, I've got a band, and uh, we need an album cover. You know, I don't even know what to say. Uh, so I said, and he was so nice, so kind. Rest his soul. He just died recently, yeah. um, which was a huge bummer because I really did want to work with him at some point. Um, but but I'm on the phone with him and I'm, I'm telling him he's asking me all about the band and what you know my vision is. And he, I, it sounded like he was taking down notes. And I said before we go any further, you know, just what is a rough quote? And he goes, hold, hold on one second. He goes, honey. And he's throwing at his wife. <laughs> he's like. What do you think we would charge just just a, a new band to do a fully painted album cover? She goes, mm, I'd do five grand. He gets back, and goes, I got to do five grand, man. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I said, I said, well, man, um, that's not in the budget. I I appreciate you talking to me. Uh, I'm a huge fan. You're a legend. I hope to work with you one day. Uh, you know, I can't do that, but and I I kind of thought that's what it's going to cost. You know, yeah. yeah. I wasn't I wasn't sticker shocked in the least to find out that's what a guy like that would charge. Um, well, I, she, I, she knows that he probably got way less than that for Destroyer. I bet he, uh, yeah, I bet he did. So the um, business manager who's over there, you right. know, yeah, I'm not yeah. going to say making a sandwich. Who knows what she was doing? She probably had a calculator, and he's probably in his easy chair. Right, yeah. that's what it sounded yeah. like. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, man. Well, um, I, th I think it's great that uh, that you got Tommy because he does have a signature style and the style does suit your music. And I was just curious how you guys. So this uh, the connection to Tommy goes back to, to Jason. So how did you connect with Jason? Uh, yeah, I just uh, Quint I, Quentin Lawson. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Quentin Lawson got me in touch with Jason. Um, so Jason and I became friends. And even though we've been buddies for years now, I'm still starstruck when he calls me. I'm like, everyone be quiet. Jason McMaster's calling. You know, I, I go outside. And... Well, I'm, I'm, I, I feel lucky that you're taking my calls, buddy. So I don't talk my words. Yeah, no, you're better. You're a better uh, library than I am. So listen, uh, 
Quentin Lawson, uh, who I think has a band called Mean Mistreater, actually has filled in for like bass or some guitar. Done, um, he did guitar Leather in Duchess. the early days when yeah, he was kid. He was 17 and he yeah. played guitar for us for a couple shows. Well, and just um, even a few short years prior to that, I believe he was a short time student uh, of mine at School of Rock. And that's how we met. He might have been like even like 14 or 15. At I, that I bet he was a kid. Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, he, he was. A, he's back in Austin now. He was living in Los Angeles. Was he working with you? And just giving some FaceTime to Quentin Lawson, who's a yeah. great kid. Yeah. He's a great, great guy. guy. Yeah. Um, prodigy guitar player. I mean, yeah. he's. Yeah. He was pro level good when he was 16 17 yeah know? he could play anything i threw at him and he he's got a lot of uh, a lot of energy like you so it didn't how did you meet quentin um i was i think that was a facebook meeting you know he right. he saw that i was wearing a dangerous toy shirt sent me a message and said hey i'm a dangerous toys fan too like and yeah. you know and buddies um and that's the that's the power of social media is you, you do you meet people like that well, yeah. here, here's a that's funny how I story. Met you. Yeah, here's, right. here's a funny story that's completely relative. And I was looking, uh, you know, there's people that I follow on social media. And there was a guy chiming in about this. I think it was a bunch of people in, in New York area, New Jersey or something. And there was this yeah. cover band playing and everybody, all their buddies came out. And I'm just looking at the pictures. And there's this guy that uh, was one of the either media guys, so, you know, a camera guy on the crew or a camera management. He worked on that film, Get Thrashed. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I can't remember the guy's name, and I feel terrible about that, but he was wearing in the photos of them just cheesing out, hanging out in photos, social media. Oh, last night was fun. And I'm like, you know, living vicariously through their moments of just hanging out. Man, that was a good time. And at the club, you know, at Shooters or whatever it is they were playing at you know and the and the guys the guy from get thrashed is wearing a dangerous toy shirt and i'm like the guy who made the movie get thrashed or was involved at all just to correct myself kind of blanket there uh right. is wearing a toy shirt and i was like i need to know who this guy is for some reason i was just became slightly obsessed for the next 30 seconds so i looked yeah. him up and he's a he's a producer and he yeah. worked on get thrashed and I, I gotta follow this guy so yeah. That's the power of it's the flag, isn't it? Like what yeah. shirt so and so who some dumbass you see across the room going, Oh, he's wearing a fucking motorhead <laughs> bomber shirt. He's my right. new best friend. I don't care what you say. He's my <laughs> new best friend. So, well, yeah. I've got my my top ten shirts that I call the conversation starters. Those are the ones that you know, that, like the tank shirt. And and I've found that the best way to do it is you wear the dangerous toy shirt to the death metal show. Cause it's the outlier, you know, you're in a seat obituary shirts and people go dangerous toys. Hell yeah, man. And then you flip that when yeah. you go kicks, you wear the death shirt, right? You start conversations that way. <laughs> you always gotta, you know, be the outlier. Yeah. But it's almost like you're not really trying that hard really to right. be yeah. that guy that wears, right. you know, the cock rock shirt to the death metal show right and vice versa it's not something that i feel like you're physically trying to do but no. you have found through you have discovered that that be a way to get the ball rolling for your uh, new meet and greets right I, i've observed through uh, lots of yeah. study that yeah. that's the way to do it yeah when tyler, i met when i met tyler ahead. i was wearing a veins of jenna t-shirt yeah, and we, mark, had, we had an hour-long conversation about that that's right his guitarist mark like was like 
just floored. And, and I've never seen anybody get so excited over a Veins of Jenna t-shirt. And I thought, I man, these guys are deep, dude. This is great. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we should talk also, uh, you know, I, there's a few things I want to cover. Uh, one, going back to your connection to Jason, uh, obviously he's an influence on you vocally and otherwise, but you have him spiritually. He yeah. does a guest vocal on this album. Tell us yeah, about yeah. that. Yeah. Um, Fatal, yeah. Fatal Moon, the song is called the, it's the Rock, and rodeo rodeo clown. Rock and Roll Rodeo Clown. Yeah. Tell me that uh, story. I, I'm honored that he was willing to do that. That, that was very cool. Uh, and I, you know, it's still a bragging point on the album. I'm like, Hey, well, Jason, can I, I, I think that we should uncover the fact that I, there was, do you remember I was a little bit came in biting and scratching a little bit? Yeah. I, I, yeah. I remember, I think if I remember correctly, I sent you the, the lyrics and you said me singing these in first person hits a little too close to home. Can I sing them in third person? Well, rock and roll rodeo clown sounds like I'm wearing a clown suit <laughs> right inside some liner notes written terribly right. uh, inside of a dangerous toys album cover correct yeah that's what, it, what that's the scenario my brain took me there and i apologize that my brain took me there i, I should have just been easy forthcoming and say sure man because i obviously i have love for you and i want to help you out and why would i it's fl it's flattering it's it's love it's you're celebrating something that that we not just me uh are, are have either had a, had a hand in starting a, a legacy that you're prolonging by throwing fucking tons of gas on my fire right <laughs> and in a good way right so yeah i was a little too, dave didn't i don't think dave really knew this but yeah i think i remember responding with something like are you sure <laughs> I love this. So there was some negotiation going on. There was some, there, there was some, you had to come to some sort of creative compromise. I just I changed this. a few words. Right. Oh, yeah. I, 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 I love, I, I love I that. I remember replying and saying, you can rewrite the whole thing if you want. Like, you know, have, <laughs> just sing on course, it. <laughs> just, yeah. Just get your Vox on there. Just fart and burp <laughs> on there and it'll be yeah. fine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I love it. I love it. The other thing that I find, well, there's a lot that I find interesting about this album, because as we started the show, I told you, it's just a, it's just a, it's eye candy, it's ear candy, but yeah. um, you do a cover of the Wasp song, Sleeping in the Fire. We do. Yeah. And I love your arrangement. You totally dismantled it and kind of did it in a different way. Uh, tell me about the inspiration for doing that and the thought process and, and maybe the discussions with your band, like, should yeah. we do this? If we do it, should we, should we change it? Tell yeah. me about that. Um, initially I didn't want to put it on there. Um, I was super, you know, apprehensive about it. I thought this is a legendary song by a legendary artist. We are going to get slaughtered for even attempting to do it. You know, <clears throat> there's the classic, Oh, they're doing a cover. It's the sophomore album. There's a cover on there. Oh, you know, here comes the filler. Like, <clears throat> there's all these things I'm thinking about. You know, I'm thinking, oh, the critics are going to rip it apart, blah, blah, blah. And I originally, that was just a thing I was going to put on a solo record. Um, I've got this solo album I'm doing that's kind of acoustic-y rock, um, kind of in that style. Um, so I went in and, and recorded my parts in the studio, and I, I just hit Mark up. He was still living in L.A. at the time, and I said, can you come by after work um, and, and just lay down a solo? He's like, yeah, I'd, I'd love to do that. So he comes by and plays a solo. 
Um, and, and Mark really liked the song. He, he was, you know, listening to it. He was like, man, th this is cool. I, I think this is good. Um, and then I just needed a simple drum beat on it because the drums are pretty understated on it. Uh, so I, I hit up Jake, obviously. He was like, you want to throw down some drums? And he, he was thrilled to do it. So he came into the studio, laid down his parts. Uh, and at that point, the guys were like, we like this song. You know, it's got Leather Duchess members on it. Why don't we put it on the album? So I, I was like, okay, yeah, I, I, I might entertain the thought of that. Originally, I, then I thought, okay, let's make it the side B of the seven-inch single. You know, that way, if it does bomb, it's off the record. We can just forget about it and, you know, <laughs> shove it under the rug. Uh, but they were like, no, man, I, I think we should, let's put it on the album. Uh, so I listened to it a few more times. I even sent a version to Jason. Um, yeah, he let me chime in a little bit. Yeah, he sent it to me, but I, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, Tyler, but I think that it didn't have the harmony. It, no. It, it wasn't was, incorrect. It was just it felt right. unfinished because that harmony is what separated the verse from the chorus. And it was uplifting when that the chorus would, would lift right. with that with that little harmony, that minor third happening uh, in right. the choruses. And I that was really my only suggestion. I go, I like it that it's different. Of course, I wouldn't have personally, I wouldn't have I may have even said this, I wouldn't have had the balls to sing it in my in my chest and an octave lower and, yeah. and sing it uh for lack of a better term nor it, it, of course emotional but in, in my normal voice right right you know that that you know janice joplin shit that's way up there is kind of where uh blackie sings that of yeah. course yeah. We're, we're talking about uh, sleeping in the fire by by right. the way this this conversation is sleeping in the fire so yeah. you when you think like that i i was i was uh, i wasn't shocked or taken aback it was just more like no this is this i can see this working but you gotta yeah. have the harmony and that was really my right. own thought. yeah that, 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 no that's exactly how it went jason was like man i would add the harmonies to the courses so of course i'm like uh, jason says add harmonies okay all harmonies you know <laughs> still waiting for my my advisory check <laughs> right yeah. i'm like guys jason says we gotta add harmonies so get in there yeah uh, i i have I, for me personally, it's a highlight of the record, so I'm glad you included it. And I think it, it, the reason that it's a highlight for me is, number one, I love the original song. Yeah. Number two, you gave it a totally different arrangement, uh, which was a ballsy move, and, <laughs> and it works. So it's not just a cover. And, and, and it's, you know, Wasp, of course, a well-known band, Sleeping in the Fire, uh, maybe not their best-known song. I love the fact that it's a cover tune, but it's not you know, a blatantly obvious cover tune and you didn't stay true to the original style. So you took a chance on a song, you made it your own as the saying goes. And, uh, and I think it works because it's not an obvious choice and you change the arrangement and I love it. Thank you, man. Uh, again, that, that's a compliment. And I, and I do appreciate that. Um, I, yeah, I, I wasn't about to try to be Blackie. I think he's one of the best vocalists and songwriters yeah, of all time. He's under he's understated as a great. Totally is, great and it's like I'm not even going to try to touch that. And, so, and I was just, sorry to interrupt, Tyler. It's 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 interesting to me, and and I don't think either. Well, how could you? So the week that you sent that to me. I saw a video from the Lost Well. We we're all familiar with the Lost Well venue right. here in Austin, Texas. That's well beloved. The the I saw a band. Uh, I want to say it was Ancient Wisdom. Oh yeah. Uh, 
Nathan Opposition is the singer. He is has a project with the Cassius King guys and their version of, I'm going to get this, uh, they're called, uh, uh, anyway, it's one of Dan Lorenzo's projects and the name is escaping, escaping me at the moment. Um, they, 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 uh, Ancient Wisdom at the Lost Well is playing live and they, they posted a song and they were doing Sleeping in the Fire. The same okay. week that you sent me, uh, it's like, wow, <laughs> Sleeping in the Fire is like on everyone's radar right now. That's really, really strange. Yeah. Uh, so little footnote. There's yeah. a there's a female artist that does a version of it, and she really kind of breaks it down and and changes the arrangement. And of course, it's a female vocal, which is a sharp contrast to Blackie. That's, uh, I, I don't know what you're talking about. She, there's a version on YouTube where she's just playing piano. Yeah, I think so. It just yeah. sounds angelic, which is really? the exact opposite of Blackie. You know, right, so right, it's right. It, yeah. it's Love it's it. weird how sometimes usually if somebody's going to do a cover, um, I'm I'm usually skeptical. And then right. if they do it, they're faithful to the original. It's like, okay, nice job. They, you know, they didn't, they didn't butcher it. But right. then if you take a risk and try to change the arrangement, then you're up against the old, uh, oh man, they screwed up a perfectly good song. <laughs> yeah. <Right. laughs> so it's a fine, it's a fine balancing act. And when it works, it's really special. And I think in your case, it works in spades. I love it. It's a highlight of the record for me. That's very cool. I'll, I'll, I'll have to tell the guys y'all were right. There we yeah. So I, I want to cover a little more ground because um, uh, there's, really, there's so really much. Quick, really quick. I had to look it up because I'm dumb. Uh, the band with Dan Lorenzo and Nathan Opposition is called Vessel of Light. I apologize, guys. I should have known that. But uh, I want to say that Nathan was uh, in ancient wisdom and that's who it was that was covering that just for okay. to get my fact checker going on. I'm sorry, Dave. Go ahead. No, I just wanted to to cover all the bases with Tyler. So uh, we're, you've got another project called Pulverizer. Pulverizer, yeah. Pulverizer. And then you've got, I think I saw somewhere, don't you have sort of an Americana country type uh, solo record or something? Yeah. So let, let's move away from Leather Duchess and sort of touch on all your other things that, that you're involved in so people are aware of, of your other projects. Okay. Yeah, Pulverizer, um, that's kind of a more metal thing that I have with a buddy of mine named Tom Stegeman. And I've always wanted to do a true on, you know, full on bullet belt heavy metal project. Um, and and he that was a something he started like when he was in high school. He had the, he drew the band name on his notebooks and stuff like that. And he had this folder in his computer of just some demos, riffs and just a collection of just ideas really. And I, I loved the name. I, I was kind of shocked it had never been taken. Yeah. It's one of those, it's such a bad play on words that it's perfect. You know, it's, <laughs> it goes, it goes back. It's this kind of art, you know, it's just like, <laughs> that's so bad. It's perfect. Like yeah. we got to do something with that. So, I love uh, it. He and I just recorded some demos at his house one day and we were having a blast, you know, just, just writing the dumbest shit, just, you know, making it as cliche as it can be intentionally like tongue in cheek, heavy metal. Um, and we, we cut a couple songs and then I, I was like, man, you know, I'm having fun with this. Like, I, I think it's good enough to put out there. I think people would dig it. Um, he's the kind of guy who, uh, <clears throat> he just, like I said, was keeping all these songs in his computer and wasn't really doing anything with them. I was like, let me get a hold of this. I'll have a logo made. I'll find some artwork. 
let's put this on a record. Let's make this a real band. Let's get a band camp page. Let's push this shit out there. So he was all, all for it. You know, he's like, yeah, man, I, I've been wanting to get this thing off the ground for years. So let, let's do it. Uh, and he and I are very good friends, talk almost every day. So it's, it's total buddy ship, you know? Um, so we, we recorded a, a couple different songs. We picked two of them that were kind of not really like the others. And we threw them on that seven inch record. Um, there is a full LP in the works that in my opinion, are better songs. Um, the seven inch was supposed to follow or come before the LP, but the LP, you know, it's taking longer than we thought to record. We kind of got caught with our pants down releasing that thing and then not have anything else. Um, but there is a full album in the works. I hope to get that out by at the very latest next year. Yeah. That, um, and as usual, I'm sitting here digging through it and in true Tyler fashion, there's a sticker, there's a, there's an autographed insert, you know, photos of the band, of course, you know, you don't, you don't usually see a lot of heavy duty packaging on a 45, you know, right. 45 well, is a paper sleeve. That was funny too. I only did 50 of them. I found a company that would press 57 inch records and I, I ran 50 and they sold like wildfire and half of them went to Europe. There were people paying $30 for two songs. And I'm yeah. just and I sold that first 50 really quick. So I did another 50 and now, now I'm getting those out there. So yeah. Nice. One of those things I'm like, people are, are digging this. And I can see a European audience really digging because they get that style of heavy metal, totally. you know? Yeah. 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 It reminds me of a, of a quite a few things. Um, maybe a little bit more, well, not by much, but may adult or more contemporary is pile driver. Yes. Pile big, but you understand. Big, yeah. You understand where I'm going. There was, there were it, back in the tape trading days, um, literally the eighties, uh, there were, there were, especially people find out if you're a contributor to like a fanzine or you have your own fanzine, which you just print in the basement with a mom's credit card or, Bang. you know, uh, lunch money you saved up or whatever and back in when you're a kid uh, and you want to be part of the scene kind of thing you start getting demo tapes literal cassettes with three songs five songs whatever usually no more than that yeah. i remember getting some things like that and i can't i'm trying to think of the name of the band but i can't think of it right now i'm gonna have friends probably my phone's gonna ring as soon as this episode airs and go dude that was so and so in the blue footballs or whatever you know something dumb and i'm gonna go i just remember some of the songs and i used to walk around singing them all all the time and i still remember we're talking like going on 40 fucking years ago longer yeah. And, yeah. uh, you know, curse of the two blind people, curse <laughs> of the two blind people, you know what I mean? And like, that was this, there was this band and they were called like, you know, Satan's penis or something right, like right. that. There was something just completely <laughs> wacky. Right? right. But they had these fucking songs that were ridiculous. Yeah. And right. curse of the two blind people. What the, what is that about? What is right. the, How can you, it doesn't matter. They right. were just being metal and it was probably like uh like uh you know uh you know one man band shit it was right. just dude on a four track having fun with it and just and just i got a band i'm in a band you know one of those guys when it's not really a band you know uh kind of a thing so kind yeah. of what this is yeah not oh, really not really 
Yes. Guy was not Corthon. Right. Not really, you know, uh, he just, you know, had a band, but it wasn't really a band. Right. Uh, I remember that being, and that's a trend, uh, especially in the now uh, nowadays in the digital age, right. one guy in mom's basement, uh, you know, blasted out on code red and right. whatever else uh, <laughs> has some way to record and, uh, and make files with his iPhone and right. put him out on social media and say he has a band and made up names and like just get, you know, takes five different photos of, of himself wearing different hoods right? You know, yeah. and says, here's my band. <laughs> yep. You can do uh, that. Now. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of interesting. Tell yeah. You. Pile driver is a huge influence, uh, you know, Anvil, Carnivore, that kind of thing. And even, I know you kind of go that direction with Igniter where it's kind of, you know, a yeah. celebration just, yeah. yeah yeah a little bit tongue-in-cheek you take right. yourself seriously but you're covered in Velveeta. yes exactly yeah right right <laughs> tell us a little bit about your uh and forgive me if the description is inaccurate and, and feel free to correct me your your country americana uh music album yeah. uh no 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 offense taken i i I hesitate to say country these days because that means all kinds of different things. Um, usually bad. Yeah. Usually bad. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's been tainted over the years uh, by, by a number of folks who will remain unnamed, but right. the, the, the term country has certainly been bastardized. Um, and, but I mean, Americana, I've always considered, you know, like Willie Nelson and that kind of stuff is really more Americana. A lot of his stuff. Yeah. Is, yeah. Like Bob Dylan. Yeah. 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 Storyteller. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, Neil Young's Canadian, so he'd be Canadicana, but yeah, that kind of yeah stuff. but Johnny Cash fits in yeah. there as well. Yeah. 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 Uh, I, I've always been a huge, huge fan of that stuff, that that kind of stuff where you don't have the explosions and the volume and the theatrics to sell it. All you have is the song. All you have is just the richness of the storytelling. It's very real. It's very honest. And you put that to three chords and, you know, Tyler, if, Tyler, if you can write a song as like you're describing, right? Don't you feel like that's going to just hone your songwriting abilities in order to write a song that has the volume and the explosions? Oh, absolutely! Yeah, of course. Yeah, it's like the real. It's like you if told you me one, right. Go ahead. Go ahead. You, you told me one time, and I've never forgot this: that you can judge the measure of a song by how many layers you can strip back and it still be a good song. And you said a good song can be played with a stick and one string, you know, like. I love that. that. I love and, that. Yeah. yeah. There you go. So, some of your, your own wisdom that uh, has stuck with me over the years. Nice. That's I did, don't remember saying that, but it sounds like some shit I would say. So yeah. do you, you have an album of this, of this material? I do. Yeah. I, I've done one full album that's out there. Uh, I've got several others in the works, uh, much like Pulverizer. I, I work on them here and there. I get distracted. They don't come out as fast as I want them to. But I've got two full country albums uh, in the works that have not come out yet. They're about 70% done. One of them, Jason has done some writing on. Um, he wrote three songs. They're really good. <laughs> um, he sent me some demos of them, and I was very pleased that he was going to let me cut some versions of them because they're, they're really well written. It's good stuff. Um, so I've got the versions that I sent to you, by the way, just for people out there because there's 
not quickly, but there's quite a few people that I've played my songs for my, my, for lack of a better term, country songs right. uh, for that, uh, that I say, yeah. And these three of these are, are one's already out on one of Tyler's record, this kid in LA. And, but then these three are going to be anyway, those three that, are, that you're, that we are talking about what I sent to you, I want to say they were really rough. Oh yeah. Yeah. They were, they were rough. They were, the you, you click definitely. track and me playing oh, terrible yeah. guitar and singing yeah. and, and maybe yeah. some like real cheap midi piano on it but yeah on a on a casio yeah yeah yeah, yeah. um yeah. but the songs themselves were great i think it really captured um that vibe and i like i said i've got two albums coming out one is more sentimental willie nelson you know honest and the other is more johnny paycheck tongue-in-cheek outlaw country you know spitting in the dirt that kind oh, of man Sounds right up my alley. I'll, I'm, I'll be looking forward to that because as, as I said earlier, I love the 77 shakedown record and uh, yeah. I do have a soft spot for that type of stuff. I was just digging through my pile of uh, leather Duchess stuff. And here's another example of, of your, pi your pile of Tyler. Yeah. My pile of Tyler. Mm -hmm. Here's another example of, you know, this is a 45 the, yeah. for the song white leather. And, it, it's a 45 with a gatefold. Who does this? <laughs> yeah. And it's ball. awesome. The and balls then, of those guys. And of course, you know. I have a, I have a diamond head 45 that does that. Yeah. Of course, it's, it's white, you know. Um, and look at this outfit, man. This is the outfit that, that Tyler was referencing earlier. The song is called White Leather. He's appropriately dressed head to toe in white leather. Where did you get this outfit, man? Um, my girlfriend made that. Wow. He is a professional apparel designer. And um, yeah, I had this song called White Leather. Uh, it, it's an ode. Uh, Jim Dandy was a big inspiration. Uh, um, now I get it. Yep. Biff Byford uh, and Ted Nugent in the 70s. He wore those, you know, those all white outfits. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I had this song called White Leather um, about nothing but a white leather outfit, just as dumb as it could be. You know, uh, and <laughs> I, I, we wanted to do a video that was just full on concept, like really drive home, you know, the song title and make it, as, you know, ACDC was always just as literal as you could be with song titles. Like, <laughs> you know, yeah. if the song's called Rock and Roll Train, they've got a train on the stage, you know, it's yeah. just like. Um, so we wanted to do something like that and just something over the top. And I, I wanted to come up with this just ridiculous outfit um, <clears throat> that couldn't be bought off the shelf. It had to be unique. It had to be like, like you said, where the hell did you get that? I, that's what I wanted. Um, well, you, I remember you calling me going, hey, that white leather vest that you're wearing <laughs> on stage with Dangerous Toys, I may have to borrow that for the yeah. video. Next I thing I know... Next thing I know, you've got your own white leather wardrobe. And I'm like, oh, I guess he doesn't need my jacket anymore. Uh, yeah, I, I thought about borrowing that from you. I, I was calling a couple different sources. Mm, and good. it's hard to find. I mean, you, you'd be shocked how hard white leather pants are to find. I had to have those made. I could not find them anywhere. Well, um, Warrant, Warrant had a, for a while there, they had a, an all white. And you could have just called Punky Meadows. Yeah, yeah. Or, uh, Angel, they they had the white thing going yeah. on, the Angel. Yeah. yeah, 
but that stuff was probably easier to find back then. I can see oh, what sure. your, your point, Tyler, is like, where do you find a pair of white leather pants today? Right. <laughs> in, in, 20, in 2020, yeah. where do you... <laughs> Yeah. You know, and I'm sitting here, I'm sitting here trying to put this 45 back together and, and the record I'm, I'm, you know, I can't get the record back in the sleeve because of yeah. course there's a sticker, there's right. an autographed insert. <laughs> there's, it's like a, it's like a sleeping bag. Once you take it out, it's not going back. Yeah. Yet. I mean, I've got a, as Jason said, I've got a pile of Tyler here. It's going to take me 15 minutes to put back together and, and put back in its place when we're done with this episode. Cause I've been having so much fun with show and tell here. One, one more, uh, one more that is uh, honorable mention is uh, the late great evil Knievel. You could have called oh, yeah. the, the yeah. estate <laughs> and said, you I got could see Tyler wearing that get up. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. I, I know that. Uh, Jackal uses that aesthetic. They got the blue uh, cross with the stars on their drum yeah, kit. Bar, stars yeah. and bars. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. Well, your your girlfriend did an amazing part. job with oh, yeah. that with that outfit because uh, and there's a video for this, of course. Uh, I, think we, yeah. I think we touched on that earlier, so people need to check that out. Leather Duchess the song's called White Leather. You can find the video on YouTube. Yeah, and that and, was uh, we wanted to. Like I said, we've always wanted to do proper albums. We're, we're an album-based band, and we want to lead the album with a single, just like bands used to do. Um, so, you know, do the single. The single's got a music video. The single's got a 45. Very traditional. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I love it. I love that your passion is obvious in everything you do because the packaging and the merchandise and everything. Um, and you've got T-shirts, uh, you know, your your stage get up is amazing. The packaging is amazing. Uh, people need to check you out. It takes people like you who have rooms like you have that make this stuff work, you know. that's And funny enough, like when we did that Gunslinger vinyl, um, you know, usually you put out an album that people fall in love with and then they buy the record. But we we kind of we were doing the opposite in that we put out this vinyl that a couple YouTube channels reviewed and stuff. And then people were just buying it based on how it looked and then liking the music. And it was like, okay, well, we're, we're tapping into this record collecting community. Yeah, that's, that's not necessarily. If you walk into a record store with no ideas, you're buying right. it before you're listening to it. That's we've the, all, that's we've all got, we've yeah. all got hundreds of records in our collection that we bought. Uh, without even hearing a note because the artwork right. was so killer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we, we've had fans that have said you know, they're, they're vinyl fans before their eighties hair metal fans, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Um, they're like, we, I got into you because the packaging looks so cool. And then, you know, yeah. it turns out the music was cool too, but it's like they, they bought it because it looked good. Um, yeah. Yeah. They either forced themselves to like the music or coincidentally liked the music. Yeah, these and are at the very are, least they're always going to love the artwork. So even if they never listen to it again, they're still a proud owner of something that caught their eye and they had to have, you know. So yeah, yeah. so your your audience is made up of members of a club called mancave.com. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Jason, Jason's the CEO of that company. Yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah, I have we, that we trademark to, copyright. Aim to be a man cave band. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's not on purpose. It's just kind of what we're talking about. You know, it's what we I, do. Yeah. I changed the name to Man Cave uh, from Mom's Basement. So I right. figured it was right. a little bit better. I'm still. Hey, you, you know who has a legendary one is Rodney. 
Oh man. Well, he, he had the wing added to that. He bought a house and then had the wing added on just so he could yeah. do that. And it's like, I, I've oh. never stood in those hollowed halls, but I, I would love yeah. to take a trip to his house someday. Oh, he'd probably yeah. invite you and feed you. That would, I, I wouldn't even, wouldn't even charge tickets. So, yeah. uh, so, so listen, you're, you're about to go on tour. Uh, yes, you're sir. playing in Austin the night before Dangerous Toys. Right, yeah. And then you're leaving town, you're leaving Austin because you're playing somewhere else in Texas the same night that the toys are playing. That's correct, yeah. That's Dallas. too bad that that couldn't, like, come together. Yeah, I know, I know. Um, we talked but, about know, that. Um, yeah. And we, we certainly didn't want to play the same night, so we, we intentionally played the night before and luckily enough I had some people message me and say dude I'm gonna be in town for the dangerous toy show and I'm getting there Friday afternoon now I can catch your show so we're riding your coattail as we've done the entire nice time. nice thank you <laughs> uh you can send that check to Lockhart Texas yeah you gotta love his honesty okay. I love yeah. it I yeah, love it's, it it's great well Tyler uh, man Taylor, thank you so much for geeking one, out with us one more one more thing before yeah. we give Tyler a giant hug and send him on his way. Here's the deal. You know, I, I believe that in this conversation we've had today, which I'm Dave and I are super grateful for. Um, I I, feel, I, I feel, yeah. I feel like if someone doesn't hire you as their uh, online presence, media management, they're dumb. <laughs> because I'm this fucking close to sending you like a Patreon or like, you know, like, like people do for cameo or something for you to just, Hey man, I've got all this stuff going on here. Here's all the materials. Here's the assets. Can you just run with it? And I'll send you a monthly check for six thank months, you, of, thank you, man. you know, 20, 20 bucks. <laughs> you hear that dad? I am hireable. Yeah. See, yeah. <laughs> well, you are. I think that there's something to and you make it look effortless too. Thank the way you. that you I, throw I, yourself I, out there and, you know, can you do some with like your shirt on? Uh, Is, yeah, that I mean, Is that impossible for you to, yeah, well, <laughs> to leave your shirt on while you do those? Well, uh, yeah. I mean, unless you're Iggy Pop, the the whole shirtless and leather pants you know oh, you're, there's only so many years you can get away with that exactly uh, I, I think i'm nearing the end of that so. I, i'm i'm <laughs> secretly happy about that <laughs> yeah in, in in the final years of being able to comfortably do that I, i'm gonna get get as much mileage out of it as i, I can i feel your pain <laughs> i feel your pain so much so that you could pr it's probably documented like okay like the first let's just Let's go all the way back to Watchtower. So from like 1983, Jason could go on stage shirtless on into Dangerous Toys all the way till about mm, 2002, early 2005. Yeah. And then after that, you, you don't see Jason without a shirt on anymore. Like so, I said. Yeah, you understand yeah. that. But, and um, and I'm, I'm with you on the Iggy Pop, too, because I've re seen some fairly recent live footage of him. And I'm like, this is like watching. I love Iggy Pop, and he's always had a bit of a horror show. But right. he just looks like a contortionist, you know, on the set of the new Exorcist movie. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm I like, know. is this what is what am I seeing here? Because I'm as I'm as shocked as I was watching The Exorcist. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's part of his, you know, it's it's 
supposed to be shocking. You wouldn't he's, recognize him with a shirt on. Exactly. He could, yeah. He could right, walk right. down the street and bump into you. If he's wearing yeah, a shirt, you just blow him off. But there's <laughs> right. some new, there's some new things going on visually with Iggy pop shirtless nowadays. Well, he's that I've never seen before. years old too. Yeah. Well, and, and I got I got to say, I got to say, Tyler has the best hair in rock and roll, dude. Where, <laughs> tell me what, tell me about the maintenance on that. Cause that, that is one hell of a mane you've Thank got you. going on. Well, people yeah. say the same it's thing like, about your hair, Dave, but we know your secret. You live. I can't, with, I can't you're, touch you're, this. Look at, I mean, you're married to your, your, uh, hair artist yeah well i mean tyler's got the best hair since sebastian bach or davy vane or something like that oh, so. i was gonna say roger roger taylor of queen yeah i see it what's the regime for that tell us so you, your gotta, you gotta get the clip in uh hair feather that's important <laughs> You know, okay. Rather add volume. This is um, where I do one of these. <laughs> <laughs> and let's and Dave, do, do you see what he's wearing around his neck? It's like a. What it's do like you call I can that say this. Man? It's a bolo tie. So bolo here's tie. what I can do. Hey, it's time. You know, I've refrained this whole hour and a half episode from me until now. May I? May I? May Let I? Just yeah. vomit something out right now. Hey, Tyler, Jason McMaster called his 1987 wardrobe and he wants it back with that bolo tie. <laughs> yeah. yeah Here's the deal. I had I had a bolo tie collection. Oh, like yeah. Fans, fans would bring me bolo ties to the meet and greet. Yeah. Well, I figured in Texas they came in the mail like the state issued them. <laughs> it's not it's not exactly yeah, true but you get it was one with e your driver's license. It was an easy one if you didn't want to wear a tie with your Western shirt. Yeah. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> See, a bolo tie you can wear with a Motorhead T-shirt, and no one really says anything. Totally, yeah. I get yeah. it. It's yeah. formal. It's casual. It's it can they, they can do it all. It's the ultimate accessory. Yeah. I have a question of them too. Yeah, and yeah, then I'm sure you. I'm sure you do. Yeah, it's uh, a self-fulfilling prophecy because once people know you're a bolo guy, they start giving them to you. Right, because so. they're because they can't stand them. So right, <laughs> like, I can't. Hey, Merry Christmas! I know you like leather duchess. I got you a bolo tie. Oh yeah, great. Thanks. Hey Tyler, you want? I, I'm going to send you something. <laughs> they're regifting it to you. I'd say it's a win-win, Tyler. Yeah, totally. Absolutely. Yeah. Hey, well, thanks man, for thank everything. Thank you so much man. for spending uh, some time with us today. Uh, we're you. big fans of of your of your work and I, I think more than anything i'm a fan of the intangible that is your passion for what you do yeah that's it, what it is it shows in all the tangible aspects of what you do but deep down i know that you are a super fan because nobody else puts out stuff like this if they're not a super fan so congratulations day, and, and thanks for all the great stuff, stuff. well you uh, have, and, and you, people can find you on uh revoltvinylrecords.com Yep. And all over social media, Tyler Heath, yep. uh, Heathen Hammer on Instagram. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Or, uh, or they stuff. can just go to any U.S. festival and he'll be there in the front row because you, <laughs> you, yeah. you frequent Hell's Heroes, you frequent Psycho Las Vegas. You, you're, you're also one of those. Yeah, I'm, I'm um, that guy. Yeah, you're yeah, that he, guy. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> you will always be that guy proudly. I mean, my head has been exploding this entire time. Y'all said some very awesome things that, you know, I, I can't thank you enough for. It's been an honor. Um, I've been a huge fan of Jason's work, everything he's ever done, you know, my entire uh, career 
Yeah. And yeah. Yeah, man. Thanks, buddy. No, we were happy to have you. It's been, it's overdue. Uh, we've I known you for it. quite some time and, and it's obvious you're one of us. So it was just a matter of time till we got you on the show. So thanks hey, for well, joining us today. Like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm still faking it to this day. So I, well, <laughs> good for you. Fake just it till you going. make it. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, but no, I mean, what y'all are doing, but before we close, I, I think is really cool because in, in this, you know, 10 second TikTok world we live in, there's not a lot of great long form stuff like this. Uh, so y'all are kind of one of the only ones that are putting out two hour episodes of stuff I want to listen to for two hours, you know? Well, I, I appreciate you saying that because I want to jump on board with that train and say this. I'm all about that because, yeah. you know, because of technology, you can hit this thing called pause. It's the, right. it's this button, you know, it's got the two <laughs> lines. Square one. Yeah. Walk into work, come back out to your car and press the, the little, the triangle, the arrow kind of looks like that. And yeah. then you're, then you're back on track. So exactly. the attention span being just shot to hell, uh, you know, because of the digital age, it's like, well, what do I do? It's like, you're in control over your whole life. You want to pause the coffee maker. You just say, Alexa, pause the coffee maker. It's fuck. It's, it's, is it, is it great or is yeah. it garbage? Right. So you have to, you have to kind of think about, and this is just my opinion. No one has to comment. I, I, you can, if you want, but listen, uh, you know, the idea of, of having guys like Jared, our producer, Jared Tootin and uh, and Metal Dave here uh, calming me down on the long form, which I'm all about. Like, I'm you know, like you. I want to make records, not release singles. Yeah. I'm going to have to submit to the ways of the world sooner or later. It's going to it's going to happen. And it's happened a couple of times with my Christmas songs because it's just hard to write a Christmas album. Right. Uh, the point um, we make these. 10 minute, you know, eight minute, 15 minute versions of these episodes to yeah. appease that, that crowd. And I don't, I don't, I think that it's helping talk louder podcasts. I think it's helping us become uh, a contender, but I'm glad to hear someone out there like you. And I should say, I'm not shocked because of this, who you are, you know, you've, you've, you've uh, explained who you are today in good fashion. Uh, yeah, I'm glad that you say that because just hit pause, motherfucker. And, you know, right. we ain't going anywhere. We're, you know, we did three and a half hours with Todd Latore, and it's one of my favorite moments. Yes, totally. Yeah. 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 Obviously, yeah. I can, obviously, I can hold my piss a long fucking time. I can't. Jason's much better at it than I am. Oh, there's a couple times <laughs> in that Todd Latore where Dave has to get up and me and Todd just keep on going. Okay. Yeah. Tyler, thanks so much. On behalf of my yeah, co-host, Jason McMaster, I'm Metal Dave Glessner, along with our special guest today, Tyler Heath of Leather Thank Duchess you. and RevoltVinylRecords.com. Check him out.